0: Real People. Real Opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan.
1: Ireland's Classic Hits Radio.
0: But first, you've heard on the news there another tragic story um, on our roads. Last year, tragically, 184 people died on Irish roads. So far this year, 35, possibly 36, possibly 37 by the end of the week. We don't know. People have already lost their lives. And that's an incredible number considering we're only at the end of the second month of 2024 brings us up past 2023 levels and look i understand when you've got a growing population and we have to take that into consideration it's a growing population and you've got 2.2 million roughly vehicles weighing 1 ton milling around on the roads at some point they're going to hit each other and at some point a pedestrian is going to walk out in front of one of them now hopefully we try to our best to avoid that by not doing silly things like being on mobile phones or drink driving or whatever it happens to be but there's always going to be accidents. We're never going to have the perfect situation until cars are autonomous and perfectly autonomous, which is probably 50 years in the future, maybe even 20, I don't know. But We heard the news today about a new campaign which is urging drivers to put their phone away. A whopping 19,000 were caught using their phone while driving last year. And we often hear that we need to do more about cracking down on drink driving. In just a bit, I will be asking, should we have harsher fines for things like drink driving? and using your phone when driving. People have suggested in the past, by the way, that you should not only get banned for six months or indeed three years if you're caught through driving because it's an intentional thing to do, isn't it? I mean, when you go into a pub, you know, and you have your car with you, to get back into that car is intentional. It's not an accident. You intentionally get back and you know the risk you're taking. Pardon me, you know the risk you're taking. But before we get to do that and before we get to talk about that, and I want to ask, should there be harsher sentencing, by the way, for mobile phones? And for drink driving. Uh, I want to be speaking, uh, I want to speak to the Irish Road Victims Association member, Leo. And Leo uh, Ligio is his name. I'm sorry, I didn't miss his name there. Leo Ligio. Um, he lost his daughter, uh, Marcia, in a hit and run in 2005. He has said that while road safety seemed to improve for a few years, it has now taken a turn for the worse. And Leo joins me on the line. Leo, sorry, I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. Leo, I do. apologize. I okay, no, no, okay. Everybody does it. <laughs> I, I do apologize. Anyway, Leo, I I want to take you back because I think it's important for people to hear your story. And I know it's heartbreaking for you to tell that story over and over and over again. And I know why you do it because you don't want to see anybody else end up like Marcia uh, in that situation. And and it's it's absolutely horrific story. If we could take you back to 2005. And, and to, just to maybe describe what happened. I mean, it was just, I suppose, the average day she was going out.
2: It was the average, yeah. It was the average day. Her uh, mother and the rest of the family had gone out to Theresa's brothers. And Marcia stayed her home. She was going to a 50th birthday party that night. And uh, I was home alone watching television. Then by 8 o'clock, Theresa and the rest of the family came back. About a quarter past eight. In the quarter past eight and halfway they got a phone call on on Marcia's phone. And it was one of Marcia's friends and mm-hmm. with she had just been knocked down. And uh you it's like I'm not, you don't expect it and no. yes I thought the person was joking and then I asked are you joking? She said, No So I screamed at Teresa, and we hopped into our car and drove two minutes down the road to where Marcia was lying on a stretcher. The ambulance unconscious, and uh, they brought her up to Tala Hospital. and We couldn't see her for a long time. Yeah, the guards were talking to her. The guards said she was about a foot, foot and a half away from the footpath, yeah, and she was not clean out of her runners. Wow, I did the traffic lights, she was that close to safety, yeah. yeah. I was walking around their side Bringing the rest of the family and trying, just letting them know and finding you when you got up to the, the intensive care unit and seeing my daughter lying there with tubes and wires popping out of her, just scary, scary moment. Yeah. The next sure of days, yeah. For the next couple of days, we thought she had a chance. Like we never gave up. Like this, yeah. The last thing that's come into your mind is that. Your daughter's not going to make it.
0: Yeah, you're you're thinking, I know you're thinking the worst. You're thinking, okay, there's going to be rehabilitation involved here. We're going to have to look after her, help her out of this. It's going to take a while. But that's the last thing you think is she's not going to make it.
2: No. On the second day, over the the first couple of days, she was a They tried to bring her out of her. She was putting an induced coma because her brain was swollen. And whenever they tried to take her out of the coma, she'd get agitated and start reaching for the wires in her head, touching her head. But we were there beside her all the time. One of us was always there holding her yeah. hand and talking to her. And one of those moments when they took her out of the coma, I felt her squeeze my hand when I was talking to her. And that was the last communication we had with her for a whole week. Yeah. That night, we were told our other people had become dilated and they were transferring her to the bone mounts. And that's when the seriousness of it yeah. hit me. The moment when we got into to see her, they'd inserted a probe into her brain. Um, you no know, monitor her brain activity. Yeah. Then on the Friday, they called us in and told us they were going to do a, a different. Told us a test was going to take. It'd take about twenty four hours to do it. And then they called us in and told us that there was another quicker test to see if there's any blood flowing to the brain. And uh, I think it was Leah asked, or Leah or asked, and um, what then if there's, if there's no blood flowing to the brain? And yeah, Nathan, the cold woman that she was, just turned around and says, "Well, that's that." Yeah.
0: Wow. It must be yeah. very hard to take that news in.
2: Absolutely, and then yeah. to start asking us about the uh, organ donation before even before they'd even done the test, oh, before God. even
0: the test results. You know what, I, I was actually only, coincidentally, I was only talking about that today, the podcast, the organ donation, and that was the, the scenario I pointed out to people when we were talking about the opt-out, that there's no, when you have parents like yourselves, where, you know, a oh. daughter or son is tragically in an accident or something like that, there's no right time to ask. And I understand how insensitive that might have seemed at the time, but there isn't. There is it, no it, right it, time.
2: It, it, it puts that doubt into your head. Like, Are they really going to try? Are they really going to try and save their daughter?
0: I know. And, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah what? A, you know. What is their priority? Is what you're thinking to yourself.
2: Yeah. 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 So uh, the next day they brought us in. Like the, the whole week, like we, when we were there, and the, the nurses and the matron, that same matron, she had to chase a lot of the visitors out of the waiting room because a lot of Marcia's school friends and. Neighbours, family were all up places, packed with Marcia's friends, yeah. family. So on the Saturday, they called us in to give us the results of the test. And as you can imagine, our nurse about us. And yeah. They told us that, that my daughter was caught.
0: I'm so That's sorry. Leo, I'm so sorry for no. putting you through this. I really am.
2: No, people have to hear People have to hear it, to hear it and especially those politicians. and not there need to hear it. But there was no blood flowing to her brain and that was that. Yeah. So we went out. So essentially, to
0: just to point out, so essentially she was clinically dead at that stage already.
2: Clinically dead. Yeah. 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 So we went out and had to tell the rest of the family. I had to tell my two boys, nine, 11 year old, that their sister was gone. So i to tell her. Yeah. But God just wanted her back. Yeah. And uh I would tell my mother in a wheelchair who had I was having a stroke, I couldn't speak. 80 odd years of age, the same thing. My wife, Tracy, she, she actually threw up. I can imagine. My nephew punched a wall. And it was like getting that news, it was like someone reaching into your stomach and just ripping your insides out. It's, there was no end to it. You have this lump in your throat, you can barely talk. And then it was time for us to go home, and we didn't want, didn't want, I didn't want to leave her. The guards said that, that, that they would always be doing be someone beside her all night, and that uh, they had to do with an autopsy. Yeah. But before that, the, before that, the nurses that were looking after Marcia brought her into a space, that private room, and Leah started playing some of her, Marcia's favorite songs as they disconnected the wires. Mm. And even then, I was holding Marcia's hand, holding her, hoping her, praying. Asking him not to, go, to come back. Yeah. Even as I father going cold, and he uh, we went home, and I had the plan of funeral. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that it was her sister, Leah's birthday. It was only ten months between the two of them; they were like twins.
0: Yeah, she was like an Irish twin, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and they went everywhere together. I believe they were always together.
2: Absolutely, they were yeah. always together.
0: That must have been so difficult for her.
2: Oh, uh, it's unbearable. Yeah. It was unbearable. Like, it, it was the last thing in even of instead of planning a birthday party and getting ready for Christmas, we had to plan for her daughter's funeral.
0: Yeah. And was, was that her 16th or 17th birthday party she have been planning? That was
2: it. So she just turned 16 yeah. in, uh, in August.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, God. And uh, so we wanted to bring her home, spend the last couple of days with us, and we told her, they had to do an autopsy and it could take up to five days before we could get her home. Yeah. Well we just got talking with the one of the TDs Ds thing a TV down there and he was managed to get us get a speed it up and we had her home within a couple of days. Yeah. So Marsha was home with us and we had her there and all our school friends came up the night before the funeral and they were sleeping on the floor anywhere they could find a space. I was sitting on the chair with my eyes closed and I could hear them going up spin over to the coffin and talking to her next day the funeral was the, the church was packed and we had to move it to another the bigger church in the Glendalka village. The mm. Place was just full of people even the nurse that looked after him, in, in tele-hospital was there the ambulance driver picked it up even he showed up if you asked me who else was there I wouldn't have a clue because I was just numb We just, you just yeah. I, I could
0: tell, I could tell you one person that wasn't there that was the perpetrator. No. Yeah. No. That was the one person that wasn't there and should have been there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that, okay? Uh, you know, the woman yeah. she she left the scene of the crime.
2: Yeah. Uh uh-huh. She was. It took. Oh, a few weeks I think before the guards found her and the guards were said they were good they actually got information from the most unlikeliest sources they didn't say which but anywhere they went to in Dundalk people were willing to help yeah which was amazing like she must have been reaching out to people I know she loved kids and she was so friendly and playful yeah. and the yeah. real daredevil like she'd do anything yeah <laughs> and uh Finally got to got to go to court and the case was put adjourned, adjourned, adjourned. And then one day one of the cases she actually tried to sit beside me in the courthouse and she didn't know who I was and I don't know what held me back there. How I didn't hit her.
0: I don't know what I tell you. What, it wouldn't be holding me back. I know how I'd feel in that I situation.
2: Just told I her. I know. I just told her laugh. the F off out of the way. Yeah. The guards seemed to be giving her more protection. They kept warning us, like, keep your calm, just relax, yeah. and all yeah. this. And that's all I got for them. And then, of course, the usual thing. The barrister, this, this, gets up and said, "Oh, I'm making all the excuses for her. She's under doing this now. She's doing that there." And then I just, out of anger, I just stood up and. The judge said, "And that, and that, that woman just killed my daughter." And walked stormed out of the courtroom. And when it, when went back in again, the the wife and all the rest and told me that the judge didn't even know there was a death involved because she was only. Did each PP decide to charge only with careless driving, no tax, no insurance, and driving under a ban?
0: And yeah, failure to give appropriate information, failure to stay in yeah. the scene, and failure
2: to give appropriate yeah. information. So. So no, she, nothing she about the death, about her, yeah. She served ten months. She got ten months. Yeah, and the like the judge was handing the maximum sentence down to her, but her solicitor said because she served, and she served the twelve months in the district court in Dundalk on other offences. The maximum he could give was twelve months, and he has to give the twenty-five percent remission. Yeah.
0: Uh, she, from yeah. what we believe as well, she was uh, a woman from Dundalk County, Loud who was in Dublin to buy drugs.
2: Yeah, she was in. The, she was very
0: well known at the like the Guardian and that. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Leo, to put you through that, but I think it's really, really important that we talk about, you know, careless driving, drink driving, drug driving, driving with mobile phones, and the devastation that it can have on a family, and the devastation it's had on your family. I know yeah, it was that's... 2005. It's almost 20 years ago now. Almost 20 mm-hmm. years. So Marcia mm-hmm. would be what 35 years of age now.
2: Uh, it's eighteen years. Of 34, season, 19, 34. Guess,
0: 34. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Twenty-four. Mm-hmm. And I know she wants to be a midwife as well. She did, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. She's always wanted to be a I midwife. imagine how many
2: children she would have had and I'm never gonna get to Yeah. i never gonna get to see the children. The beautiful children she would really have gave
3: me. Yeah.
2: And the usual never get to see her walking down the aisle. Never get to walk her down the aisle. And, and I and I know Leo it's... Moms, everybody else has I won't have
0: it's had a devastating effect on you, and I know that's why you're part of the Irish Road Victims Association yeah, because it's yeah. had such a devastating effect that you felt you had to give something back or maybe get the message out and, and have her death, I suppose, in some way uh, recognized in the fact that at exactly, least it to, might stop uh, one more person from dying. Try and make something, something
2: positive out of something so
0: horrible. Yeah. It was, here's the thing we never expect to lose our own children, we always expect that no. we will go before them, but. Particularly Absolutely, when they go yeah. in such a tragic circumstance, you know, and and not, not just a tragic circumstance, see that it was needless, you know, that it was done. Preventable. Absolutely.
2: Preventable. But, yeah. Most, most most of the, the, the deaths on the roads are preventable. People are not dying from a sickness where you have time for, for, to prepare. There's certain deaths and 99% of them, are all they're all preventable. Yeah. I don't believe in an accident. You no, know, there's, there's cause for everything. So I don't believe in accidents. Yeah. An accident is if you're driving along and a tree falls on you, or something like that. There, that's an accident.
0: And I know now you go around to schools and colleges, TY students, you yeah, know, to talk to them about the practice of road safety.
2: Yeah, actually, actually, just got an email from Max. Uh, someone from Max. There saying they're starting up the road show now, and the for me to talk in April. They reckon there'll be fifteen hundred students there that day. It's quite shocking
0: um, when you see this year. But I did say earlier on at the opening of the show, unfortunately, we're in a situation with a growing population and a growing population of cars as well. You know, there's...
2: Yeah, but you see, now there's a growing population, a growing population of cars. But you've got to remember that uh, that all the new safety features have been put into cars. Yeah, I mean... Cars are far more safer than they used to be. Oh, absolutely. You go back to the
0: nineteen. 80s, 1990s, mm-hmm. you know, even back to the 1960s, more people died on the roads than die now. There was eight, 900 people a year were dying on the roads. Yeah. But even now... Died, 396. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, because, yeah. you know, we've come so far when it comes to legislation for, you know, drink driving, when it sure, there was a time, do you remember the ad on the television, you can now only have six pints of beer? Do you remember that ad? I, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
2: you have certainly say that maybe say the same thing. Yeah. No problem, I have one or two.
0: Yeah. That's right, yeah, in rural and, Ireland, and, because uh, they say the community is more important, yeah. And uh, and there's
2: deer out in the roads that's killing people, and the hedges are killing people. It's not yeah. drink-driving, it's not, not, it's not, drink driving, it's not uh, using your phone, it's not speeding, it's none of those. They're playing um, political games of people's lives now. I mean, I, the, I, understand,
0: I understand, unless we have an autonomous vehicles on every single road, we're never going mm-hmm. to get it down to zero, because there is always going to be the deer on the road. Um, or yeah. whatever it is. There's always going to be those unique situations, but they are quite unique, those situations. Most yeah. of those situations, as you rightly say, can be avoided by yeah. careful driving, by cautious driving, by not speeding down a country road over there. It does run yeah. out, at least you've time to stop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, So all of those things are preventable, as you rightly said. But the main culprits, or some of the main culprits, seem to be things like mobile phones, which is probably a, a very new thing over the last 10 years, particularly. And, you know, drink driving, which still hasn't gone away. Which is quite no, shocking no, when we see the figures every Christmas for Operation Lifesaver, and we see and the figures. The hmm?
2: And as the commissioner says today, that the, the, any gains that have been made with the drink driving have been replaced by drugs.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, Do you know, Niall, that it's not mandatory for the guards to take a, a, a drug test at the scene of a fatal crash? I didn't know that. No. Yet my daughter had this. Had, uh, we were had nearly had to wait five days while he did every single test under the sun. And it's, it's just the person that gets killed gets all the tests done. You full toxicology, yeah, yeah, yep. but not for a at the scene of an ever scene of a crime hmm. I call it a crime. Yeah, but well, it is a crime.
0: Yeah, it was scene mandatory,
2: of a crime. mandatory drink test, yes, but not for drugs.
0: <clears throat> I mean, if it's preventable and it's something that you intentionally do, say for example, somebody goes out and drinks drives or drug drives. In my mind, that's murder because you know what you're yeah. doing is dangerous.
2: There's still over nearly five hundred every over five hundred every month been caught drink driving. Uh, over twelve hundred speeding and using their mobile phone. eighteen thousand in the thousands yep. speeding. Over nearly two thousand every month on their mobile phones and not wearing seatbelts. It's just like can... yeah, what is wrong with people? That's it, it's. Do they not care about their but own? family. here's the thing: I,
0: I can remember when seatbelts weren't a thing, right? And, yeah. I, and I remember I was a young lad uh, Well, I say young I was kind of in my 20s probably And I was a little rebellious And I remember they brought in the seatbelts And I was one of those people who went, I'm not wearing a bloody seatbelt But after a while it just became second nature Just to put the no, seatbelt on you know what I mean? The exact same. When I bought my first car, seatbelts weren't even in the cars. You had to buy one to put it in. Do you remember those days where you had to buy your own seatbelt and put it in? But but that's how old I am. But, but in saying that, it became second nature to us. I remember my yeah. dad, my dad would bring us out in the back of the car, we'd be sitting in the back of the car and he'd drink 16 pints of beer and drive us <laughs> home again. And there was those old sayings in Ireland, oh, should the car knows its way home and
2: all these kind of nonsense things. Yeah. Uh, my, my own brother was one of those who said he drives better when, you, when he has a drink on
0: him. Yeah, and, and, but he, and yeah. I just remember he'd you, like, get a new car, I remember my dad would get a new car and his mates would say, did you bring it out for a drink yet? That was a kind of Irish yeah. thing. But here's the thing, yeah. we, we've educated ourselves. We're, we consider uh, ourselves an educated society now that we know uh, the dangers of, even there was great tests done uh, in relation to drink driving, even one bottle of Budweiser, and they did this test mm-hmm. with a person with one bottle of Budweiser. And even that one bottle affected their concentration, affected their response times, affected everything, you know, with a brake test. So, you know, those those kind of things. And the other big problem, by the way, is, is uh, prescription drugs as well is also an equally big yeah. problem in this mm-hmm. country. And um, you know, and I don't know what we can do about that. There's not a lot, unfortunately, we can do about that apart from people being responsible and not driving if they are on, on uh, under the uh, the guidance of a doctor for prescription drugs that you're not supposed to drive on, but people do on, on a regular basis. But we should be able to get that down. Thirty-five people this year so far. The numbers are increasing again. I mean, and as it's you rightly nice. say, with with safer cars, they shouldn't really be increasing.
2: Like you said, we, we might not be. We might we won't get it down to zero until the autonomous cars come in, but. Mm. We can drastically reduce that, number if a bit of effort was put into it. One life is one life; is too many. Yeah, yeah. And even saving that one life is cause for celebration. But if, if we were five deaths, five road deaths down on the previous years, I wouldn't be celebrating that there because it's, yeah, it's five lives.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's still thirty. I, it's still thirty and yeah. 35. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. still thirty families grieving out there, and
0: it's... and you know how exactly how all of those families feel because you've been there, been there.
2: Yep.
0: And I, I don't think you ever—I reco- don't think you you have and will ever recover from that. And I understand it completely. I can only, no, I can't, no. but I can't imagine what it's like to be honest with you, but I can only go by my own mother. My my brother died at twenty-four; he drowned, and I remember mm-hmm. how how badly that affected her life till the day she died.
2: Yeah. You know, there there uh, there could be some salvation, but I'm never going to say this. Yeah, think like if we did make a success and there were no more road deaths on the roads instead of all these every few weeks having to talk about this and try to get through to these stupid people. Yeah. I can't, the number, if you've noticed that in the deaths, the number of young people now is just yeah, so, so sad and, and not making accusations here, but the number of one car, one car incidents is just, yeah. It makes you think.
0: I know we we constantly hear on a yearly basis. At some point, we hear of one car with say four or five young people in it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and that's because young people tend to hang out together and be together, and you know, and there's been numerous yeah. cases of you know, uh, you know, four or five kids wiped out in one car, and yeah. it's all down to careless driving. Stri- that in those situations, careless driving,
2: people egging people on, showing yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. And we have to try to get through to these kids, like you, you can. But here's Wait till you get to where I mean, you're going. I mean, in Canada,
0: like, for example, before kids leave school, they have their driver's license. You know, they, yeah. they, they give them as part of the education system. I think they give them 12 mm-hmm. lessons or 12 hours of lessons or whatever it is. You know, and they're coming out of school with a driver's license and an education. The biggest problem we have in yeah. this country is they're they're coming out of school at 18. They've never driven a car. Their dad is yeah. teaching them how to drive down the beach. Well, that was the way it used to be in my yeah. day. Or, or they're getting a few lessons off some local guy, you know, six lessons, whatever the mandatory is. And then they're out on the road, you know. And yeah, that, it, that, you know,
2: That that should be brought in as well. But then again, you know yourself, you do what you have to do till you pass your driving test. And then when you pass, pass your driving test, that's when all the bad habits start. You start doing whatever the hell you want. Well, but I, I remember, Leo,
0: I remember being young. I remember being stupid. Mm-hmm. I remember being irresponsible. Yeah. And, you know, hmm. and, I, and I don't mind admitting it and I look back at it now with great regret and with humiliation because I remember coming yes. from Drahada to Dublin on the old Dublin road and I was pulled in by a guard doing 142 miles an hour. Hmm. That's how stupid I was.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, it, no, I
0: was 21 or 22 at the time, but I thought I was well, king of the what, road.
2: What was it, What is it? Like' uh, to, uh, to talk about speed now was like what is the point in because I tell you you're not gonna get no you don't get there any no. any quicker, <laughs> no. and you know and I've shown this
0: i I still now and again I still see people coming up beside me or they overtake me in a hurry or something like that, and then two minutes later you arrive instead of traffic lights and they're right beside you, and you going oh, what was the point i i i could give out to now because I drive too slow <laughs> because I'm so cautious nowadays,
2: but see, I, that, that's 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 a big thing as well it's uh, if everybody slowed down, the frustration wouldn't be there because if your cars couldn't go over a certain because right, mm. you you're not going to have that frustration. Because I drove in Italy, and my daughter says to me, I, I drive too slow as well. It's one year in Italy, she said, Dad, you know you're driving at 160 kilometres an hour. Mm. And I said, what? It's because you're, car- you're brought along, you carry along by the flow of the traffic. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was coming down the, the back road in Sagart there the other day, uh, well, a couple of months ago. And this guy flew past me to turn into his driveway 20 yards further on. Oh God. <laughs> I know. I've Complete seen, not madness.
0: I know. I've seen some people do, only the other day had a guy overtook me on the brow of a hill and it was just yeah. the grace of God there was nothing coming the other way because he wouldn't have seen it and he would have oh, taken and, and
2: our, he would have no, taken no, him no, whoever no.
0: was out and taken me out with it as well. You and know.
2: an articulated truck overtook me in another car the other day coming down the Blessington Road on a, on a solid white line. Yeah. yeah. Overtook the two of us. An articulated truck. <laughs>
0: oh, God. And you know, you know how much damage that could do. That could wipe out a few families. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: Leo, listen, it's... I was going to say it's been a pleasure talking to you, but it's never a pleasure to uh-huh. talk to you in that sense. And I mean that in the nicest possible yeah. way because my heart breaks for you every time I've spoken to you uh-huh. on a few occasions. And my heart breaks for you every mm-hmm. single time I think of Marcia.
2: Uh-huh. And you know the calls you're going to get now, and they're all going to be, you get some feeling sympathy, but you're going to have the old gobshite coming on saying, uh, like, like our rural TDs. Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they've got to figure out another way to socialize or figure yeah. out another like, way to I, get I, to the pub.
2: Like, the, the one call I have, the few calls I have is that there's not enough guardian on the road. We need more Gardies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean the the idea that the they court, I, know, I know they do the operation lifesaver in December every year it's mm-hmm. kind but they, but it should be all the time shouldn't it not just december yeah.
2: the the parents aren't strong enough yeah the courts need to get rid it they're too lenient, and the d p p they need to start taking cases that are fullest like last week you heard about the number of the licenses yeah that, and people have been banned and they're still and they're still driving their cars and the DPP need to be chasing these people. If they're not producing a licence and having the licence taken off them when they're banned, the DPP should be chasing after them. If you don't pay your TV licence, they'll be after you quick enough. Mm. Get your, the court bans you from driving, you don't have your licence there and you're in court, you're given two weeks to produce it. And then once the two weeks is up, there's no guard. They don't have the, the capabilities to go out and, and, and knock on your door and tell you where's your licence. Yeah, They should be made, produce that licence in court. If they don't have it in court... They should be detained until someone brings their license into the courtroom. And their solicitors should be held accountable as well because they should ensure that their client brings their, their, brings their driving license to court with them. But you look at the amount of cases that get chucked
0: out, out of court because somebody's name is spelled wrong or there's a technicality or the like, guard, because there isn't enough of them, doesn't show up in court. You know what I mean?
2: If you're caught, if you're caught, caught driving while you're banned, you, there's a six-month prison sentence and up to €5,000 fine. I'd love to know the number of... Many of those were actually... How often that's actually happened?
0: Doesn't happen. It Doesn't happen,
2: Leo. It good. doesn't. Happen.
0: No, no. You know, the same. The take same the with driving off. with no insurance. How many people actually it? go to jail with driving with no insurance? Nobody really. Take oh.
2: the ca- take the car off them, Nile and crush it. But that's what they, you, they know, you know, you know what they do and in it.
0: Australia. If you're caught with no insurance in Australia or drink driving as far as I know as well, don't they take the car off you and sell it and give the money to charity? I haven't a
2: clue? Well, that's yeah. But, wouldn't that be I'm nice? Now you're driving yet. your brand new BMW
0: now and you were caught drink driving and they took the car off you and sold it.
2: People to start thinking about it a lot quicker than wouldn't they? But well, see, the, the problem. The problem driving. is Leo,
0: do you know why people do it in this country? Because they think they're not going to get caught.
2: caught. That's why they know they're not going to get caught. Well,
0: they know no, they're no not thinking
2: about it. They know it. Yeah. Like I said, just nearly 600 caught drink driving. How many are, how many are getting away with it? Yeah. They double, triple that.
0: Yeah. And and drink driving, just for, for people's minds, mindset, it is, you know, obviously uh, a contributing factor in the road deaths, as are mobile phones. As as is is, careless driving.
2: This is bad. This is bad. But but here's, Leo, you know
0: what I'm thinking? We we crack down on NCTs, you know, to make sure people have their NCT or their car is taken off them, right? You know, when we look at the amount of accidents that are caused by car malfunction, it's only something like 1%, right? That's a very small amount. Don't get me wrong, it's still 1% too much, but it's still 1%, right? Yet we crack down on that. Because, uh-huh. maybe because it's revenue for the state or something, I don't know. Uh, we used to crack down on car tax. We don't seem to do as many checkpoints anymore for car tax because people have no. to pay it nowadays. And uh, you can't get away with it the way you used to be able to. No. But yet we don't seem to crack down on, you know, uh, drink driving, drug driving, uh, mobile phones. Although mobile phones is incidental, you have to actually see the person doing it. And uh, no. you can do it after the fact. So we, we're not cracking down on the things that are really actually causing the accidents or the careless driving, as you rightly said.
2: And as far as I know, in Australia, they've had the cameras now that can actually detect you on your mobile phone mm-hmm. if you're in the car. Yeah. So uh, the technology is out there. The technology is out there. You, by this the way, in relation,
0: in relation to the bans that people get at the moment, you know, the, the driving bans that they get for drink driving, do you think it's enough, or do you think it should be
2: worse? Oh, It should be worse. Like, there's no excuse for it now. Like you said, there's no absolutely no excuse for drink driving now. Should you be banned? For, should you be banned knows. for life? It should be banned for life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would. I wouldn't disagree with would you. Ban? No,
0: I mean uh, look, as I said already if you if you bring the car in a night out to the pub, you know what you're doing. You're not stupid. It's an intentional decision. You make that conscious that, decision yeah. to do it
2: Uh huh. absolutely I have to agree with you hundred percent yeah one hundred percent there's absolutely no excuse for it yeah and
0: and there's no excuse uh, for being on your phone in the car. Every car nowadays has bluetooth There's, there's just yeah, no excuse yeah. for holding the mobile phone there's
2: There's some bus companies now and uh, that are actually putting these alka locks on their cars. Which is absolutely fantastic. Why can't they be fitted to every single new car being made? Any every single car. It costs it costs about between one or two grand to get put in your car, get put in cars. How much is? Have, what value is someone's life? Mm-hmm. If, they, if you breathe into that, your car will start if you have alcohol in you. If somebody else breathes in it for you and, and you have an accident, hey, off to prison with you straight away. Yeah, it should be. Leo, until until, they, until until they crack down, like you said, yeah, and really show that they're being serious, and those guys in the in the door stop playing political games just for votes, yeah, and start thinking of people's lives. It's, I'm going to be talking to, about you to you about this next year and the year after and the year after, yeah. And I appeal to people out there who are listening to this show tonight, for the love of God, for the love of your family and somebody, everybody else's families, please take care. Of them. Yeah.
0: On. Leo, thank you very much indeed for joining us this evening. I am going no to be problem. putting into the question to, the, to our listeners as well. Uh, should we have harsher fines for things like drink driving and using mobile phones? Although, and you're right, some of them are going to ring in and say absolutely you know, not. Yeah, but sure, the answer. majority will agree with you. Yeah.
2: Majority will agree with
0: you. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Leo. I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank I'm, you. And are. we're, thank think, you we're thinking, about mercy. I'm thinking of Marcia tonight. All right. Thank you.
2: Thank, thank you very much. much. All right.
0: You. Bye-bye. Um, there you go. mm Leo Legio and his daughter Marcia, 16 years of age, her life taken away in the prime of her life, 2005, almost 20 years ago now, by a hit-and-run driver who left the scene, who was actually in Dublin doing a drug deal, from what we know, and uh, was charged with numerous things, but only went to jail for 10 months. 10 months, that's all his life. His daughter's life was worked to the courts, because that's all they could do. But <sighs> careless driving, leaving the scene of an accident, all of those, all of the above... No insurance, no nothing. But we were talking, you know, about what the chief of police said today, the commissioner said today, this is in relation to drink driving and all the other things. And we've seen that Operation Lifesaver happens every December, of course, in Ireland. And But is December good enough? I mean, realistically, I was right. I mean, we've better cars now, so should we should be having less fatalities. And by the way, those fatalities that we talked about this year, that's 35 fatalities That doesn't include the amount of people who were maimed or who will end up in a wheelchair or will end up in rehab for the rest of their lives because of car accidents. So we haven't mentioned that. That's thousands of people. But fatalities, 35 people, likely who have lost somebody. And to all those people, my condolences. Some of those accidents are unavoidable. Very small amount of them are unavoidable. Unique situations that happen. But many of them are avoidable. And they're avoidable by slowing down, more careful driving not using mobile phones and drink driving the biggest scourge we have in society now when it comes to driving is mobile phones how many times a day do you see people texting while driving I saw a guard the other day texting while driving a guard texting while driving that's not a good sign the people who are implementing the law are breaking the law I see guards and I have seen guards on their mobile phones I'm not saying they're, they're only human I understand that they're just like everybody else they make mistakes but they should be leading by example. On a regular basis, we still see people using their mobile phones, talking into their mobile phones. Why? Why? Every single car nowadays is fitted with Bluetooth. Must be. And if it hasn't, you can buy a Bluetooth kit for 50 quid, 30 quid. I don't know. There's no, absolutely no reason, unless you're texting. You should never be texting while you're driving. Um, somebody says, I'm listening here in tears. That poor man. He sounds distraught and really misses his daughter. Of course. Of course, he really misses his daughter. I mean, and by the way, losing a child is, is a is a really bad thing, and parents tend not to get over things like that. But losing a child in such tragic circumstances, and needless circumstances, um, is even worse. Again, let me go to Neve. Neve, hi. How are you doing?
1: Hi. Yeah. How are you?
0: Uh, Neve, I don't know whether you heard Leo's story there. I mean, it is shocking. You know, I mean, we don't talk regularly to victims of road traffic accidents, or and it's not an accident, by the way. It was intentional to some degree, because the person, you know, intentionally drove badly, and then left the scene of the crime. Do you believe, by the way, that people should get lose their licence for life for drink
1: driving? Oh, do you know what? I did miss that part you were talking about, and if I heard it, I'd probably be saying something different. Nobody should be drink driving, but if, and I'm not talking about myself, I don't drink and drive, but um, if there's somebody who could have one pint or something, I, if that's okay, I don't think they should lose their licence. You know what I mean? If someone's well able for it, I mean, not. <clears throat> you
0: know. But why? If here, I but here's the, the thing. Wh- I probably
1: would have something different. I
0: know, I know. <laughs> but, but but here's the thing. Why would you have one pint? What's what's the what is the point of having one pint of beer? You know what I mean? Because you're drink driving. You know you're drink driving. And there has been research done in relation to say one bottle of beer, and although not hmm. huge you know changes but they do see a change in reaction time response time concentration levels even though you may not notice it yourself but somebody steps out in front of you and instead of stopping yeah. in you know 30 feet you stop in 35 feet so you might hit that person so what i'm saying is why even do it we know you're not meant to drink drive so why drink and drive at all
1: yeah well i suppose then maybe you're right there yeah if they yeah i don't want right to there. i don't
0: want to convince you that quickly but
1: no i don't i don't like You know, if somebody's out at night and the next day they're driving, I'm not talking about somebody who's absolutely, you know, hammer drunk. You know, if there's some in their system, I don't think you should get a ban for life. You know, maybe a ban, but not a ban for life. But um, definitely if they're way over, I wouldn't mind a ban for life, you know.
0: See, for you for you to have drink in your system, they say you should allow one hour of sleep for every unit of alcohol you've taken, right? So yeah. if you're telling me that somebody the next morning at nine o'clock, for example, who went to bed at, say, three in the morning after a good night out on the lash is still under the influence of alcohol or still caught, they must have had a fair bit to drink. So, you know, if you were aware that you had a fair bit to drink the night before, why not just get a taxi to work that day or get a bus? Yeah, no,
1: I definitely wouldn't drive. I've gone the whole day without driving myself anyway, hungover.
0: Yeah, if you have a hangover, there's alcohol in your system. That's the rule, isn't it? Yeah, I I know. know, I mean, if you have a hangover, then you know the alcohol is still there.
1: Yeah, I suppose just from listening to other people, I I haven't done it myself. So I don't really know, you know. Mm. So... But um, yeah, I just I think in some cases you could get a ban for life, but not always. Did you, you ever? Know?
0: Did you ever drink drive? I'm not judging you, by the way. But did you ever?
1: Um, no, no. I used to have one with dinner, a yeah. glass. Yeah. Uh, years ago, a small one and um, a spritzer. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't anymore since. Yeah. I think we're not supposed to for a few years now. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Well, yeah. So, well, um, the rule is now. You know, a small glass of wine, two quarters of a pint of beer. That's, to be honest, you can't even really drink a pint of beer. You could be over the limit with a pint of beer. Two quarters of a pint of beer. So essentially, the rule yeah. is you don't drink and drive. That is the rule.
1: Yeah, well, I don't anyway. Yeah. So um, I'm just thinking, regarding the texting and driving and things like that as well. You know, um, I sometimes the rules can be too harsh. You know what I mean? Maybe.
0: Well, if you're, if you're caught texting and driving, should you lose your license? Uh,
1: probably yeah but like if you're caught with it in your hand like i've if you're not driving fast and you're in you're in traffic and you know it's it's slow down bumper to bumper kind of i have often my phone fell and i picked it up i I wasn't moving Mm. i i I got i got i got penalty points
0: yeah i got penalty points going back about seven years ago i and what it was and i'll tell you how stupid it was My phone was on the seat and somebody was ringing me over and over again. But I couldn't answer it because there was a guard, a car beside me at the traffic lights. (laughs) Right. I wasn't going to answer it anyway. Right. But it was before I had the button on the dashboard to answer. It was a previous car I had. Right. So I picked up the phone at the traffic lights while they were red to turn it on, to reject the call. You know, you press the button on the side to reject the call. So I just picked it up to reject the call. And the lights went on on in the police car and he pulled me in. And I well, said,
1: that's right, man.
0: And I said to him, I said, I was literally just stopping it from ringing. I said, just in case you guys seen it ringing and thought I was on it. So I said, I picked it up to turn it off. It was at a red light. And he said, it doesn't matter. The legislation said you're not supposed to have it in your hand.
1: Yeah, I've done that before. Exactly what you said. I thought that was a bit oh, harsh.
0: I, but but in I saying that, I, that's like, the law.
1: Yeah, at the traffic light, I've done that to answer it. real quick and speaker. But I hadn't got it in my hand. It was on the seat. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to myself anymore either. I don't see anything wrong with that if the car stopped at the light but then again I suppose yeah you, no I wouldn't go at all I know it, I know it interferes with your concentration I know yeah, that but yeah. you could be eating an apple as well same thing really you know mm. I mean not having it in your hands I mean just answering it quickly and leaving it where it is you know
0: yeah stay there just, so with, just saying, yeah so, go on. it
1: depends sometimes you could be Pulled for something ridiculous, but then again, Garrett has to do her job, go with the law, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I think there is an element of common sense should be used too.
1: That's what I mean. Yeah. The okay. same yeah. other things as well, you know. Let people be adults about things and mm. make their own choices. Sometimes, mm. you know.
0: I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have answered the phone while I was driving it, but n- but now I don't have to. I just press a button on the on the steering wheel and it just answers it anyway.
1: I am here. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, but we'll stay but we'll stay there for a second, Eve. Let me go to Tig. Tig, hi. How are you? Niall, how are things? Good. Tyke, should we increase the sentencing or the fines or the, the bans for drink driving and mobile phones? Seems they seem to be the two particular things <laughs> that are, you know, are a contributing factor in many accidents that we're seeing.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, like drink driving and drug driving, yeah, two things definitely need to be conquered. Like, But at the beginning of it all, a lot of people now are commuting into Dublin and the main cities, and we've been forced to live out in rural Ireland. And the roads out in these directions, like, are gone beyond repair. Mm. You know, we have no hard shoulders. We have no cat's eyes. We have no street lights. You know, speed limits are not been adhered to. We live in Trim here in County Mead, and the speed limit from Dublin to here is 100 kilometers an hour. We're meeting drivers on this road at 50 and 60 kilometers an hour with maybe 20 and 30 cars on a tailback. Yeah. Why aren't the roads been improved before we start criminalising people and putting more like, you know, people not come back to the, the television licence? But you're talking about putting a criminal record on people before you conquer the problem.
0: I know, I, I know, I I, I do realise the roads are part of the problem, uh, particularly in they rural are Ireland. The
3: main problem, yeah, they well and, and, problem.
0: But here's the thing, right? And, and many young people die on country roads. We've seen so many tragic accidents, particularly around Donegal. Many young people die on old country roads, little barons or whatever it is, baronians or whatever you call them. Uh, the, and you know, and because they're driving at an inappropriate speed for the type of road it is, um, and and the yeah, right. and the condition of the road. But here's the thing: but if you're driving, Tyke, on an old shoddy little road with the odd pothole here and there or whatever it happens to be you must take that into consideration and drive slower and more carefully. That's, isn't, isn't that the point? Well, you're talking
3: to the perfect buyer because I grew up on the Schlieve Bloom down in Leash. And, like, we spent our entire childhood driving around them mountains. Mm. And the roads up there are not fit for the speed limits, which are 80 kilometres an hour over most of the mountain. Yeah. But suddenly, where the police train on the motorbikes up there on the Schlieve Bloom has been fully retired and lined yeah. for the police to train on. Yeah. But the rest of the road is, like, the best of luck to you. If yep. you're a good driver, you'll make it. If you won't, you'll end up in the ditch. Yeah. And that's the way it is down there.
0: No, I mean, you are right. We could do a lot to improve the roads, particularly the the more rural roads of Ireland. By the way, in relation to, you know, the the politicians, you know, in rural Ireland who could didn't accept the, the previous drink driving laws and felt that... <laughs> you know, in rural Ireland, there should be some sort of exception where they should be allowed to have a couple of pints and go to the pub because it's the community and it's where they meet and all this kind of stuff and they've no other way of getting there. Do you accept that?
3: Definitely. I lived in the UK there for a couple of years and we were allowed to have, say, around two pints if you had some food in you that day. You'd be okay. If you got stopped at a checkpoint and you had to give a breath sample, you'd be okay. More or less, that was the golden rule over there at the time. Now, that was back around before 2010. And here in Ireland, if you live in rural Ireland, which I did, like I just said, like the nearest town to us was a 10-minute drive, but the nearest pub to us was a five-minute walk. Mm. So if you wanted to mix with the locals, what was the best best option? Yeah. You know, pub. if the night yeah. was fine, go out for a walk and go for a few pints. It'd be grand.
0: Yeah, but, you, but you've but you heard these the, the politicians in Ireland saying, you know, that the law shouldn't apply to people living in rural Ireland because they might have to drive to a pub.
3: Well, the law has to apply to everybody. The law applies to everybody. Mm. But in rural Ireland, I think the drink driving throughout Ireland, not just necessarily in rural Ireland, it needs to be relaxed.
0: Why? You know, this Why? Is
3: having half, half a pint. Well, well it's not really a half a pint.
0: pint. It's not a half pint. It, what it is is they're telling you you can't drink drive.
3: It's a shandy. It's a shandy, basically. No, one has, no one, you one, but here's, it, no, but here's the thing. That, but, you're, but
0: you're missing the real message. The real message, when they brought in that piece of legislation going back a few years ago that changed it from it used to be a pint and a half to, to or to, nearly two pints to less yeah. than one pint of beer now or a half a glass, a small glass of wine. The reason That's that they, right, or a yeah, shandy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the reason they did that was because they accept that some people do have... You know, alcohol via uh, medication, alcohol via, um, say, perfumes or aftershave. So they couldn't reduce it to zero by law. So, but what they essentially are saying to you is you cannot drink and drive.
3: Well, they, they, well, if they're saying you can't drink and drive, then they may as well shut down the rural pubs. And they may as well shut down rural socialisation. And that's the way it is down there.
0: Well, oh, okay. By the way, Niamh, do you agree with that? Do you think that, you know, in rural Ireland, there should be a little bit of an exemption?
1: Um, when there was talk about that, I could see their point. When I heard about people being lonely and not getting out, um, but I don't now anymore. <clears throat> because it, in some ways, it could be more dangerous if somebody's walking along the road at night even, you know? mm
0: Well, do me a favour, actually, both of you. Angeline, unfortunately, I can't get to you before the break. I'm going to have to come to you after the break. Uh, The number is 087-188-008. That's 087-188-008. The question we're asking, you heard Tig there saying the law should be a little bit less relaxed for people in rural Ireland, I'm sure. Leo, um... Legio wouldn't agree with that one. Uh, I wouldn't imagine so. I don't, and I certainly don't either. But anyway, maybe you would do agree with us.
1: Now. now, real people, real
0: opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan.
1: Ireland's classic
0: hits radio.